On today's episode, I will be going over my reaction to superstar Patrick Kane getting traded to the New York Rangers as the dust has now settled, and I'll also touch base on the other moves the Blackhawks have already made ahead of Friday's deadline. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Today is Wednesday, March 1st. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, please make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well, which I always greatly appreciate. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. If you're not already watching the video edition of today's episode, what are you doing? Make sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button for me. Really helps me out tremendously. While you're there, also go and hit that like button and comment down below as to what you're feeling about all of the Blackhawks trades that they've made so far ahead of Friday's trade deadline. And that's the name of today's episode, folks, as I'm sure you already could tell by the thumbnail. Chicago Blackhawks have been very active in the past couple of days, and I'm going to be talking about it all right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. But first, I do want to say to those of you out there who still may be unaware at this point, I greatly apologize for not getting an episode out the last couple of weeks. I did a couple of Twitter spaces. I put it out there on Twitter. I know everyone who watches these videos isn't on that social media platform. So for those who still may be in the dark a little bit, uh, I did fully plan on covering the Chicago Blackhawks, their games, all their trades and everything while I was down in Mexico on vacation the last couple of weeks. It was my full expectation to do that. My golf shows, uh, my UFC shows that I've started that I've started doing as well. I had the full expectation to do all of that down in Mexico. What happened? Day one, your boy over here, like a doofus, spills water on his laptop that he's had for 10 years. Very stressful start to the vacation. I was really trying everything that I could do in order to make the podcast work down there. But without my laptop, I needed a bunch of different adapters for my camera, for the audio. I'm still working through all the kinks right now on a new laptop, actually. It's probably why my audio doesn't sound the best as of right now, but it's better than nothing. It just it, it kind of is what it is. It's stupid as that sounds. It was just the situation I found myself in. So I greatly apologize, though, that I wasn't able to cover the Blackhawks like I wanted to while I was on vacation. But I'm back here now, and I promise I will be covering everything on a day-to-day basis moving forward. We're back in the full swing of things now that it's March, in my opinion, the best month of the entire year. But anyways, the name of the game for today's episode is all of the Blackhawks trades that they've made in the past several days. Of course, we'll start with the big one. Patrick Kane, my childhood idol. I can't even say a big reason why I'm in the position I'm in right now. I would have to say the main position I'm in right now. I mean, 
I still remember going to my first Blackhawks game like it was yesterday. Patrick Kane scores the overtime winner against the St. Louis Blues, his rookie season. It was March. The Blackhawks were uh, closing in on making the playoffs. They ultimately came up a few points short, but that was the season prior to really what started it all. Then they made the Western Conference final the next year, losing to the Detroit Red Wings. The next year, they get over that hump and win the first of three Stanley Cups. So really, my Blackhawks fandom all started with my love for Patrick Kane. Um, I named my dog Kane, who lived for 14 years, and I was lucky enough to have alongside me throughout this unbelievable journey that the Chicago Blackhawks and Patrick Kane went on. And yesterday was the end of an era, Blackhawks fans, as Chicago sent superstar Patrick Kane to the New York Rangers. They retained 50% of his salary as expected. They also sent uh, forward Cooper Zach, who they received from the Philadelphia Flyers earlier on in the year in exchange for Evan Barrett. They sent Kane and Zach to the New York Rangers in exchange for a conditional 2025 first round pick, or excuse me, a conditional 2023 second round pick. I'm so Caught up in all the trades, I'm thinking of Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty, which I'll get to in just a moment. But the Rangers sent back to Chicago a 2023 conditional second round pick, a 2025 fourth round pick, and then Vili Sarayarvi and Andy Walensky, who are two players that probably are never going to play a game in a Blackhawks sweater. Uh, And then the Arizona Coyotes also were involved in this deal. They retained the other 25% of Patrick Kane's salary cap. Uh, That left the Rangers with only 25%. That was what they were able to take on financially. And with the Coyotes doing them a solid, they get a third round pick out of it in 2025 as well. But all in all, I think the common reaction among Blackhawks fans and even just sports fans or just Chicagoans in general uh, was, wow, why did we get such a low return for Patrick Kane? It's a conditional second round pick. It can become a first if the New York Rangers go on to uh, reach the Eastern Conference final this season. So uh, even though that Jacob Truba is the captain for the New York Rangers, us Blackhawks fans sadly do have to root for them throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. But e- even, you know, a conditional, just one conditional Uh, pick that could become a first, not even a guarantee that it does along with a fourth round pick. You know, I've had a lot of people out there very frustrated about this type of return for Patrick Kane. And listen, I get it. A guy with this type of pedigree, a three-time Stanley Cup champion has basically accomplished everything there is to accomplish in the game of hockey, Uh, an icon for the franchise, arguably the greatest Blackhawk of all time. In my opinion, he is, but to be fair, I wasn't around when some other legends were playing for this team, but to get that type of return, I, I get the frustration, Blackhawks fans. I really do. I posted this out there on Twitter. There was just nothing general manager Kyle Davidson could have done differently. In fact, I would argue that this is a better return than anyone thought the Blackhawks were going to get for Kane in the past couple of days leading up to this trade. We kind of saw it coming, obviously, from afar. The Rangers were making a lot of moves in order to be financially capable of taking on Patrick Kane's salary, even if it is only 25% of it. They had to make some moves. They traded Vitaly Kratsov to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Blackhawks legend Ryan Carpenter was part of some moves as well as he was sent down to their AHL club. Um, But the the Blackhawks and general manager Kyle Davidson were in in just such a tough spot because of how this whole deal was gone about. 
And Patrick Kane, I'm never going to knock him, never going to knock him, but he didn't do the Blackhawks any favors with this type of situation. And neither did kind of some other teams across the NHL. The deadline just, it moved really fast this year. It feels like with two days left, there's almost not many more players to get dealt. Teams were starting early. They were making moves and weren't waiting around to see what Patrick Kane was going to do. So when it came down to it, general manager Kyle Davidson really only had the New York Rangers to work with. That's the only team that Patrick Kane told him he was willing to waive his no movement clause for. And with that being the situation, that got leaked, obviously, out to everyone, and it just became more and more apparent that it was Rangers or bust for Patrick Kane and the Blackhawks at this point. And general manager for the New York Rangers, Chris Jury, why would he be giving up his best assets when he knows Kyle Davidson's only option is to trade Kaner to him? It would just be a dumb idea by Kyle Davidson to keep Kaner for the rest of the year, knowing that he's going to walk in free agency and get nothing in return. And I know there have been some people out there saying, well, is that really better than nothing? Yes, it is better than, what are we talking about here? Something is always better than nothing. And I get that there's some frustration. Oh, we get a second round pick. What are the odds that that even turns into a good player? I hear you. I hear you, but you'd rather take that risk than get absolutely nothing. Because let me tell you, Patrick Kane was not coming back. It was very apparent. Uh, Mark Lazarus of The Athletic had a snippet in his article talking about how the Blackhawks were kind of frustrated with Patrick Kane dwindling his fingers and not really giving them any options of what he wanted to do until the final days. And on the flip side of things, Keener had also become frustrated with the Blackhawks considering all the moves they've made since general manager Kyle Davidson has taken over. Not that he really had any other choice, but from Kaner's perspective, you know, you trade away DeBrinket, you trade away Doc, you trade away or let Dylan Strom walk in free agency. Everyone that he's enjoyed playing with, not only the last couple of years, but the last five or six years really, uh, have been shipped out of Chicago. So I understand Patrick Kane's frustration there. Um, and, and there just wasn't anything that Kyle Davidson could have done differently, folks. This was really the premier return that he was going to get for Patrick Kane when he had absolutely no leverage out there. So I hear you. I get it's not the ideal return for, you know, a player with the pedigree of Patrick Kane, even if there are some concerns about his hip injury. I think everyone out there believes, based on what he did in his final games with the Blackhawks, that he's still very capable of playing high-level hockey. So at the end of the day, was it ideal? No, but neither were the circumstances that Kyle Davidson were was working with. And if the Rangers do end up reaching the Eastern Conference final, getting a first-round pick for Patrick Kane, it doesn't seem like a victory, but it really is Blackhawks fans. It was just such a tough scenario for this team to work with. Uh, and ultimately, it doesn't seem like it, but they did maximize on this return. Still a sad day, nonetheless, an end of an era in Chicago. Still, I kind of having a hard time putting into words. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of Blackhawks legends that I grew up watching either get traded or just their careers and time in Chicago come to an end. And it's almost made me a little cold to it at this point, even if it is Patrick Kane, the one that I held most closely and dear to my heart. Um, it's weird. It's just weird watching the Blackhawks without Patrick Kane. I find myself at certain moments of the day just thinking like, wow, Patrick Kane really isn't part of the Blackhawks anymore. It's been a crazy last 24 hours, just kind of letting it all settle and really just thinking about what this means. And I think we just all have to be grateful for what Patrick Kane was able to do for this city. I mean, without him, none of this would have been possible. The Blackhawks 
in the dynasty era wouldn't have been possible. And it all started with him and Jonathan Taves. And it's pretty crazy that Taves is the only one left and doesn't look like he's going to be around for a lot longer. So sad times here in Chicago. Um, no other way around it. I mean, Patrick Kane isn't here anymore. It's a weird feeling, but the beat goes on. It goes on. If I've learned anything about the hockey world, it goes on. It's all about business. And that should be kept in mind about this trade. It, it was the best business move for the Blackhawks. And they did the right thing by aiding and getting Patrick Kane to where he wanted to go. They absolutely made the right decision. Patrick Kane has earned that respect and earned that uh, earned the, the Blackhawks respect back for everything he's done for this organization. I know Kyle Davidson wasn't the general manager here for any of those Stanley Cups, but he absolutely did the right thing, not ruining any relationship potentially in the future with Patrick Kane. Because let's remember, this is a guy who we're going to want to come back and welcome with open arms when we do retire the 88 sweater at the United Center. And, you know, maybe he becomes an ambassador. I'm sure that will happen one day in the future. And that's still a possibility because Kyle Davidson and the Blackhawks front office, as tough as it was for them and as bad of a business move as it was for them, they did the right thing for Patrick Kane, and I respect them for that. I think they'd do it the same way 10 times over um, if, if it had to go down. So tough as it is, Blackhawks fans, that Patrick Kane's gone and we didn't get an ideal return, just the way it was given the situation. So not ideal, but we're moving forward. Get another potential first-round pick, another high draft pick. That's the name of the game. For the Blackhawks right now in the midst of a rebuild, acquiring future assets. The unfortunate part of that is you got to give away some pretty good stuff to get them. And Patrick Kane was as good as it gets, in my opinion, for the Chicago Blackhawks. In my mind, uh, the best player in franchise history. It's going to be very weird watching him play in any sweater other than a Chicago Blackhawks one. All right, there is my reaction to Patrick Kane, my childhood hero getting traded to the New York Rangers. Coming up in just a moment, I'll touch on my thoughts from the Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty trade and also talk about what rumors we're hearing in the last couple of days prior to the NHL trade deadline. But first, I got to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product because with just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start your day. And I seriously take this product every morning, folks. It gives me that energy I need to come on and do the show, or if I'm going to work, I'm hitting the golf course with some of my buddies. I want that everything in my power to give me that competitive edge, to have me ready to go. And Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product does exactly that. And this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and even your aging. It really does help with everything. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is recommended by both health experts and professional athletes. Plus, it'll cost you less than $3 per day, which is just such a cheap and easy way to invest in both your health and your body. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you five free travel packs and a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D with your first purchase. All you got to do is go and visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Before I get into segment two, I just want to say thank you all again to everyone out there for making the show your first listen. Now for your second listen, make sure to go and check out the Lockdown NHL Prospects podcast, which is a very relevant podcast for us Blackhawks fans right now because it's going to be covering the next wave of hockey superstars leading up to the 2023 NHL draft. Plus, you can also get top prospect comparisons and NHL draft rankings for every single team. So make sure to go and check out Locked On NHL Prospects right now, available on YouTube, this app, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, getting into segment two, just talked about Patrick Kane. In my opinion, the greatest player in Blackhawks franchise history, getting traded to the New York Rangers, a very tough pill to swallow. Adding insult to injury was the fact that the Blackhawks did not get an ideal return. Although, in my opinion, they've done really good on the rest of the trades that they've made so far leading up to this deadline. I do still think they have a couple more deals to make, which I'll touch on for segment three. But the next deal I want to talk about is the Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty trade. Earlier on in the week, of course, the Blackhawks sent defenseman Jake McCabe forward Sam Lafferty and two conditional fifth-round picks to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for a conditional 2025 first-round pick. That's top 10 protected, a second round pick in 2026, and then uh, Joey Anderson and Pavel Gogolev. We've already seen Joey Anderson in a couple of games of action for the Blackhawks, so we're a little bit more familiar with him. Pavel Gogolev, he's a 23-year-old who only has 45 games of AHL action so far under his belt. He has been lighting up the ECHL. I'll give give Buddy credit for doing some work down in the coast, but uh, I don't think... Gogolev is going to be a long-term fit here in Chicago. But the most important parts of these trades for the Blackhawks, getting a conditional 2025 first-round pick and a 2026 second. As I put it in my first initial reaction video, I I like this trade the more that I think about it, and that's why I'm not a big fan of knee-jerk reactions because I think everything takes a little bit of time to kind of understand fully. I think it's always smart to just sit back, Take a deep breath, let everything resonate, and then give your response. Not many people in the world are capable of doing that, especially on social media. It's just anger, anger, throwing it out there. Um, I I didn't love the trade at first glance, mostly because the first-round pick that the Blackhawks get is a conditional 2025 first-round pick. I would have loved for them to get another selection in the loaded 2023 first round. But at the end of the day, the way that I looked at it is, Jake McCabe, you get a first-round pick for him. Sam Lafferty, you get a second-round pick for him, plus two players. Sure, you give away a couple of fifths, which do have value if you have a good general manager. Um, But getting a first for McCabe, if you told me that back at the beginning of the season, I I would have been static about it. I mean, I was really thinking that McCabe was going to be generating a second round pick. Obviously, he went on to have a phenomenal first half with the Blackhawks and really was the shining star for this team. I mean, the dude was a plus seven on the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, They have a goal differential one of the worst in the entire league. It is an ugly red number. And the fact that Jake McCabe was a positive on that team while playing, you know, a pretty sizable role uh, definitely is meaningful and certainly impressive. I think a lot of folks would agree that Jake McCabe was the shining star of this Blackhawks team when he was around and due to his strong play that helped boost up that trade value. So I don't think he can be mad whatsoever about getting a first round pick for Jake McCabe. Sure. It would have been lovely if it's in 2023, but 
Uh, that still gives the Blackhawks two first round picks in each of the next three NHL drafts. That's absolutely how you go about rebuilding. And there's a chance they can even add another one to it if the New York Rangers are able to reach the Eastern Conference final. So got to be happy with getting a first for McCabe. And I think you got to be happy with getting a second for Sam Lafferty, especially when you kind of consider how this has all come apart the last couple of years for Sam Lafferty. He was the first player that Kyle Davison acquired when he took over as the interim general manager, trading him one for one uh, for Alex Nylander, who has been a career AHLer since joining the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Lafferty stepped right in last season, and he was absolutely so fun to watch. I mean, seemingly each and every shift, he was making an impact one way or another, either with his speed or his physicality. He would get a ton of prime scoring opportunities. He just wasn't capable of burying them. And it was kind of funny because that was the same situation with Brandon Hagel the year prior to his breakout season. Of course, the Blackhawks ultimately end up trading him because he's finally able to convert on his scoring opportunities. The Blackhawks maximize on a return for Brandon Hagel. And leading into this season, I said, listen, if Sam Lafferty is able to find that finishing touch. He could be this year's Brandon Hagel. And that's kind of what happened with his play in the last couple of weeks. I mean, finally uh, getting the finishing touch and taking advantage of his scoring opportunities. One of the best, I think he's tied for the league lead in shorthanded goals right now, really making the most of all his opportunities, whether it was on the penalty kill or uh, he was just making an impact each and every shift. And the speed I think was the most evident thing about Lafferty one of the best skaters in my mind in the entire league, definitely the best skater on the Blackhawks other than Andreas Athanasiu. Dude can absolutely fly. It's cool to hear Patrick Kane kind of give him some props and say that he was a top five skater in the NHL. There's just a lot that Lafferty can do as a Swiss army knife that obviously seems enticing for another NHL team to add. So it has to be a really it has to be considered a solid return when Sam Lafferty basically in 20 or 30 games was kind of playing peak level hockey and the Blackhawks get a second round pick from, I think you have, have to be happy with that. So I would have, you know, loved this deal to be maybe a 2023 first and two second round picks for McCabe and Lafferty. Um, but I'm still happy with it at the end of the day, for the reasons that I've already mentioned, the Blackhawks add to their draft capital arsenal get another first six in the next three years. It's really crucial. It is tough to say goodbye to Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty, though, two guys who actually made the Blackhawks watchable this season. But as I talked about with Patrick Kane, when you're in a rebuild and you need to be getting those types of draft picks, you got to be giving up something good in return. And unfortunately, just more fun players for the Blackhawks getting traded here in Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty. Not a fun situation, but I definitely think it's going to be awesome to see both of those guys in playoff hockey. For Jake McCabe, he's never even sniffed the playoffs in 10 years, so very deserving of this opportunity. He's going to be playing a big-time role for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I don't know about y'all, but Sam Lafferty, the way he plays, it just it screams playoff hockey. Just an absolute wrecking ball flying all over the ice. He's a guy who will block shots with his teeth on the penalty kill, a fearless warrior. He'll step in for his teammates. He does all those little things well that, you know, as a contender, those are the types of guys you want to add. And what for the Blackhawks, listen, Sam Lafferty, this is kind of a thought that I've had that there's, there's more value to Sam Lafferty on a team like Toronto than there is for the Blackhawks. Sam Lafferty, 
even Brandon Hagel would have been awesome to build around Brandon Hagel. Yes, I still don't think they're the type of players that make bad teams really good. They're the types of players that help make good teams great. It's like, in my mind, the player that that I thought of was Dave Boland. Are you going to build around Dave Boland if you have him as your second line center and you're expecting him to produce? We're probably going to be disappointed, but when you can throw him in the bottom six, let him do his job well and use him in a depth role, that's kind of when you can maximize his value. And in Chicago, listen, it sucks getting rid of good players and fun players to watch, but they weren't players that were going to help get the Blackhawks over the hump. So as tough as it is to trade them, it only made sense for multiple different reasons. Don't love the trade. There, there are some things that I would have preferred, but at the end of the day, I'm happy. You get a first for McCabe, you get a second for Lafferty. If you told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have been a very stoked host of Locked On Blackhawks. Next trade I want to get into, I know we're already running up on time here, uh, the Nikita Zaitsev trade, which was the first trade that the Blackhawks made, kind of kicking everything off here ahead of the trade deadline. A no-brainer win for the Chicago Blackhawks. They take on Nikita Zaitsev, who has a $4.5 million cap hit through the end of this season and next year. And by doing so, by Kyle Davidson weaponizing his cap space, he was able to get a 2023 second round pick and a 2026 fourth round pick. A no-brainer victory for the Blackhawks here. The only thing that kind of didn't make sense to me uh, is adding Zaitsev, another defenseman who's kind of locked in for next year when there's going to be several defensemen that should be stepping onto the scene. I mean, uh, the prospect pool on the blue line for the Blackhawks these next few years, we're going to see guys coming up. So to lock in another guy through next season in Zaitsev, I, I don't think that was ideal. But at the same time, when you get an opportunity to get basically a free second and fourth round pick, you absolutely got to do it. Uh, so I don't think this trade can be looked at as anything other than a win for Kyle Davidson and how perfect of a job he's done at weaponizing his cap space. We've seen, we saw it earlier on in the season when the Blackhawks sent Riley Stillman to the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for Jason Dickinson and a second round pick. I mean, that deal is just looking magnificent. I have a feeling this is one that's going to look like a no-brainer win down the road as well. Do I disagree with bringing in a right-handed defenseman in Zaitsev who's locked in for next season? I don't love it, but when you get two free picks for it, it's kind of like Kyle Davis. I got to say yes. So I do understand it. Uh, we obviously haven't seen Nikita Zaitsev yet in action for the Blackhawks. He's still dealing with some immigration issues. But for those who may be unfamiliar with his game, he's a 31-year-old right-handed defenseman, six foot two, 200 pounds, probably best known for being a shot blocker and his physicality. Um, in how many games does he have this year? 28 games, I apologize. Uh, five assists, but 61 hits and 43 block shots while mostly playing a, a top four role for the Ottawa Senators the past couple of seasons. So he's a guy who can step in there and eat minutes. The Blackhawks are going to need those guys over the end of this season and throughout next year. So uh, I wouldn't expect the world of Zaitsev, but he is a capable and formidable second pairing defenseman. I am interested to see how he's going to play on this new Blackhawks team, though. I doubt there's going to be any desire for another NHL club to take on his $4.5 million cap hit, but who knows? Maybe come deadline time next season, the Blackhawks can retain half of his salary and get, you know, a third or a fourth round pick. Maybe Zaitsev turns out to be a stud and they get a second for him. I don't know. Any way you shape it up, this is a win for the Blackhawks when you can weaponize cap space and get two free picks you got to do it. So I didn't necessarily agree with taking on Zaitsev, but this was something that Kyle Davidson had to say yes to. Then the Jack Johnson trade. 
Obviously, Jack Johnson was sent back to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for uh, Andreas Englund, who we've seen the last couple of games, our last game as well. I think he's only played in the one game, honestly. It's tough to watch the Blackhawks at this point, but uh, Englund looked really good in his Blackhawks debut. I got to say, I've liked what I've seen from him so far, um, but it only made sense. It, this is this was a weird one. It only made sense to trade Jack Johnson, a veteran who, you know, he was a great teammate and a great locker room guy from all accounts when he was here in Chicago. I still don't understand how he played in all 58 games. It just makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, The weird part was this was, again, the Blackhawks taking on Andreas Englund, who looks like he's going to be playing NHL minutes throughout the rest of the season. I think that just kind of indicates that, the Blackhawks are going to leave most of the guys who are in Rockford right now. They're going to leave them alone and let them kind of stay in Rockford throughout the Calder Cup playoffs and everything. Um, but England is a restricted free agent at the end of the season. What do I have here? Six foot three, 27 years old. He was a 2014 second round pick. Kind of struggled to break through with the Avalanche until this season. I read something that he's dealt with a lot of injuries, which forced him to be off the ice for quite some time. But in 36 games with the Avalanche this season, uh, he really kind of solidified himself as being capable of playing in the NHL level. A third pairing role for sure is really what he's been in so far, but some good physicality from England. I don't know if he's going to have a future here in Chicago. He is a restricted free agent at the end of the year, I believe. So that's going to be interesting. I doubt the Blackhawks are thinking of keeping him long-term, again, due to all the prospects that are in the system. But getting Jack Johnson out there to play other people absolutely had to, been, had to be done. I, I still don't understand why we're sitting Isaac Phillips behind him or why we were sitting Ian Mitchell behind him. Uh, it never really made sense to me. But For Jack Johnson, obviously, this seems like an ideal situation for him to go back to winning the cup with the Avs last season. I remember uh, the opener this year against the Colorado Avalanche when they were raising the banner. Jack Johnson's arm in arm with all his Avs buddies while he's in a Blackhawk sweater kind of should have should have seemed like a little bit of foreshadowing there. Um, But getting rid of Jack Johnson to open up another spot, even if they do take on another defenseman in Andreas Englund. I still think it's going to give them an opportunity to do some different things in the lineup. Englund's probably not a guy that they have to play every night. So I am interested to see if Isaac Phillips maybe gets some more action here in the second half or if uh, Ian Mitchell winds up being in the lineup every night. But all in all, uh, I, I think the Blackhawks have done a pretty decent job so far here during the deadline, weaponizing their cap space, shipping out veterans. Patrick Kane, it is what it is type of situation. I think Kyle Davidson's made all the right moves and basically all the moves that we've expected so far coming up in just a minute, Blackhawks fans, I'll talk about what we could see in the final days leading up into the deadline. But first real quick, I got to talk to you all about built bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all of the fat and calories? Well, then you got to try built bars because with built bars, They make healthy taste delicious. What makes Built Bar so good, you may be asking right now? Well, for starters, they have unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and plenty more. And they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. And they have just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in every bar. And right now, you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club to get you a box of Built Bars. You used to have to go and buy them online, but now they're at a grocery store near you. Go and pick up a four-pack of cookies and cream, 
peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, or try some of Built Bar's Built Bar Puffs. You can go and thank me later. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. All right, segment three here before I wrap things up. I know I've gotten to rambling, but with this being the first episode back, first episode of March, it was definitely going to be on the lengthier side. Before I wrap things up, though, I do want to talk about what we could see from the Blackhawks before the NHL trade deadline hits on Friday afternoon. Most of the dominoes have fallen already, but there are still a couple left. Max Domi is probably the one that everyone's the most curious about at this point. Uh, there were some rumors earlier this afternoon that the Colorado Avalanche were doing their due diligence on Domi, but then they went and acquired Lars Eller from the Washington Capitals. So that probably takes Colorado out of the Domi sweepstakes. I'm interested to see if there's going to be any suitors here in the next couple of days. It's always seemed more likely than not that Domi was going to be traded, but it ultimately comes down to it's another team willing to give up what Kyle Davidson wants in return. And I think that's going to be a second round pick considering how well Max Domi has been playing this season. I mean, the leading scorer for the Blackhawks, even with Patrick Kane out of the lineup the past couple of games, he's still been steady up on that top line. He's one of the best faceoff men in the entire NHL this year. I don't know if that's something that's going to be sustainable for him throughout his career because Going back and looking at the numbers, he hasn't been a particularly good center iceman at the draws, but that certainly can't hurt his value this year. And I also think having a guy like Domi, you know, maybe on a third line role who can score some goals and also provide you with some sandpaper and physicality and just being a thorn in the side to play against, there is something to be said about that. There is some value there. So that's why in my mind, I've always thought that it was more likely that Domi gets traded than not. Uh, But even if he does get dealt, I I wouldn't rule that his Blackhawks tenure had come to an end because, you know, according to rumors, both sides of the party have been really happy with how things have gone so far here in year one. And with Domi on a one-year deal and set to hit the free agent market again this summer, there is a chance that the Blackhawks and Kyle Davidson give him a pretty lofty contract offer considering the Blackhawks are going to need to be dishing out some Skrilla in order to hit the salary cap floor. I think uh, it's not too crazy to think that Max Domi could sign for like 4.5 or $5 million over the next couple of seasons if he does in fact want to return to Chicago. If the Blackhawks aren't able to trade him, I don't think they're going to be, you know, obviously they'd like the ideal situation is to trade Domi, get an asset in return, and then just go and have him sign back in the summer. But even if they're not able to trade him, I still think they kind of like having him as a piece throughout these rebuilding years. You're going to need some veterans in that locker room. And Domi's been all smiles here in Chicago. He seems to be enjoying himself. Um, So all signs point to whether or not he gets traded, the uh, high likelihood that Max Domi comes back. In an ideal world, though, The Blackhawks, I'm sure, would like to be getting a second-round pick for him. Also keep an eye out on Andreas Athanasiu. Certainly not going to generate the return that Max Domi might, Um, but even if the Blackhawks are only looking at getting like a fourth-round pick for Athanasiu, $3 million cap hit, I don't know how much value he's going to have there on the open market. Blackhawks still got to pull the trigger on that. I mean, from the second they signed Athanasiu, the expectation from most folks covering the team has been, yeah, they're going to trade him and flip him at the deadline. He's been playing some better hockey, I've thought, in the past month, month and a half after a kind of a shaky stretch throughout late November and the entire month of December, really. Um, so maybe there is some interest there. Those are kind of the two guys that I think 
are the last dominoes to fall for the Blackhawks, just for the sake of dropping some other names. Connor Murphy, I don't think he's untouchable if Kyle Davidson receives an offer that, you know, he can't really say no to. And I think Caleb Jones is another one that, that could be interesting too. I'm not sure exactly if or how he fits into the Blackhawks' future plans. Again, the name of the game right now is taking on future assets. If you're not convinced that someone is going to be a part of this rebuild, then you might as well move them out for some sort of return. So we'll see how Kyle Davidson goes about it in these next couple of days before the deadline. But I certainly don't think the Blackhawks last move was trading Patrick Kane to the New York Rangers. All right. I think that is going to wrap up Wednesday, March 1st episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now for free, wherever you get your podcasts and to subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. And for those of you who have tuned in throughout this entire episode, here's a little bonus for you. If you haven't heard already, I'm going to be giving away two free Blackhawks tickets to a game on March 28th against the Dallas Stars. And all you have to do in order to qualify, you have to go and leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And make sure to drop the name of your YouTube channel in that review because you're also going to have to be subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. You're going to have to do both in order to have a chance to win those two free tickets. So make sure to do that. It's a free Blackhawks game on you, boy. Just go and leave me a review, subscribe to the channel, and make sure to drop the name of your YouTube channel in that review. All right. For the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, Jack Bushman, obviously. We'll see you on the next episode.